Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we're going to be talking about the new Speaker of the House and the possible implications of Syria being bombed. So let's talk about it. Listeners, before we get started, I want to remind you to please subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other platforms. You can also subscribe to our channel on YouTube. And to start off, I'm going to be talking about the Daily Wire's new children's show uh, app or streaming service, whatever you want to call it. A couple years ago, they had announced that they would be investing uh, a whole bunch of money into creating kids' content because they already have their own like catalog of original programming. They got a couple movies and various types of shows on their Daily Wire Plus service. But they announced that they wanted to invest a bunch of money into children's content after videos of uh, like executives and creators at Disney were discovered talking about how they're putting like the queer agenda and gender ideology into their children's programming. Right. So they recently finally announced and released the service. It's called Bent Key. It's B-E-N-T-K-E-Y. The name comes from one of the co-founders, Jeremy Boring. He used to work at a theater, I think in like his late high school days or something like that. Uh-huh. And he was in charge of something at the theater. And they gave him a key to access the theater. And one day, the key bent in the lock. And he kept that key with him. He wears it as a necklace, you know, because his time working at the theater was... Good. Yeah, good and informative and not informative. But what's the word I'm looking for? Not informative, but... Educational? Or no, it shapes you. What the, the word I'm looking for? Whatever it is, you know, it was it was important to him. I'll sum it up that way. So that's kind of what the the where the name of the company comes from, and they launched with I think about four or five of their own original shows, and then about a dozen other licensed content. And those who have annual membership to their Daily Wire Plus um, subscription. Uh, get free access to Bent Key. So I actually did download that app and watch some of the kid shows, and they seem pretty good. I was even, I've been even trying to get one of my good friends who has a little one-year-old and a couple of other kids in the house to have them check it out. You know, because it's important to have, you know, content for children, children's programming that isn't, necessarily ideologically driven or overtly political like is often found in some of today's programming even from disney itself yeah or even you might even just say we're raunchy or dirty right or, yeah i mean these shows today we're just mindless that's another thing yeah these shows today are not suitable to children so right yeah <clears throat> So I thought it was good to, that they've done that, and it's very important because they announced the new service on the 100th anniversary of Walt Disney starting the Disney Company, 
and they picked that date mostly because, you know, like I said, they wanted to be able to f- provide content. Yeah, that, counter content. Yeah, your counter content to what Disney's currently making. Right. And well, because it's also a counter movement, counter culture, right? Jamming, counter, right. you know, whatever, all kinds of stuff. So yeah. And in the launch video that they put out about the service, Jeremy Boring talked about how, you know, how Walt Disney made the company to make like wholesome, family-friendly children's content, and how today the company doesn't really follow those values. And they thought the hundredth anniversary of Disney starting the company was a good, you know good way to like contrast maybe sure or showcase the values that they're hoping to um or like juxtapose right yeah that's that's a good one too mm-hmm. and if there's anybody listening who has young kids most of the content on there right now i believe is more for younger children like three to seven uh, but they do have some stuff that's more for like your middle school and early high school kids and they're also going to be adding more content over time. I believe right now they got about 150 episodes of shows. And they're adding more every Saturday because they're trying to bring back Saturday morning cartoons. And I have a link. I will have a link in the show notes to the Bent Key website if anybody does want to check it out. I believe right now they're only offering an annual subscription for $99 a year which is pretty comparable to what you pay at other uh, you know service streaming services but right now I'd say the only downside is just their volume of content's not as large because they're just getting started but over time they'll have more stuff available and it'll certainly be worth the price and uh, if you want any recommendations you can check out I believe the name of the show is Chilla Time it's a short animated show about these family of chinchillas. That was pretty good. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> and then there's another one called Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay. It's sort of a Roger, not Roger, Mr. Rogers-esque type show, except the lead is a female, Miss Mabel McClay. And it was pretty good. She's got like this little puppet dog, his name Jasper. He was pretty funny. So this is pretty good stuff. I hope they continue to provide that for families looking for an alternative to what's out there today. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really glad. I can see why you brought up this story here. You know, not only because you're a Daily Wire, Wire subscriber mm-hmm. and a fan, because they're not right. a sponsor. Right, I was just going to say, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not sponsoring right, me or exactly. the show. I'm not getting paid any kind of way. Exactly. I just think this is good you know, Good that they're doing it. And, well, and that's what I want to say is yeah. I can see why you're saying it here because we also believe like them right, you know, yeah. in many ways. And that's, you know, I think there is a desire and a hunger mm-hmm. out there for wholesome and alternative com- right. content. Right. Just like there are people who wake up out of their dazes mm-hmm. and the left and, and come to their senses, come to right. reality and really go out and fact find and and have their eyes open and get red pilled, mm-hmm. as they say, and right. this kinds of stuff. So I just think it's wonderful in that sense because there is a desire for it. 
Right. But I also think it's good for, you know, one of the things I like is writing. Mm-hmm. It's good for writers. These right. writers have been on strike yeah. and all this stuff because they want more and more and more. Right. But they write the most vapid content. And yeah. I hear some of my coworkers say, oh, I wish my favorite shows would come back on. These writers are on strike. They're, uh-huh. My seasons are off, whatever. I don't know what they're talking about because I don't wa- follow yeah. any of this stuff. It doesn't right. affect me. Uh-huh. But as a, somebody who likes to write, I just think, oh, what a shame because somebody could be writing. Yeah. And maybe even better than this drivel that they turn out anyway. Right. So yeah, when they do choose to write, when they deign it worthy of their, you know, whatever, their right. talent to write this drivel. So I think it's good for writers. I think it's good, you know, sort of for industry. To, mm-hmm. It's good to have alternative content. It right. fills a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. It's wonderful. It's wonderful for conservatives, for the movement, right? To have more of this out there in alternative media, right? For people to consume. And you know, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't obviously watch all the stuff that's there. You know, I sampled some of it. And what I do, what I do like is, it's not overtly like politically driven messaging, like well, sure, I you might find it in. Be. Like, um, you know, one of the examples that you might be able to find of some of the Disney content that people talk about is there is this episode of the newer Proud Family show, which our generation might remember the original show that was on Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. But there's a newer one, and there's a clip out there that you, you could probably find. I don't have it. I'm, I'll try to find it and link it if I can. Right. But there's these, you know, students in the show putting on this rap song about how slaves built the country which you know on its face you know it you know you you might see that as being true because you know at a certain point in our country slaves were used as in industry but you know it's other alternatively on its face it's much more complicated than just slaves built the country and you know that's the kind of messaging you're getting from Disney and your children's programming, and you know, and also like I mentioned, you know, the gender ideology stuff like that. And I'm sure there are probably other values that are promoted in the show that aren't really, you know, traditionally conservative. And even if they aren't necessarily conservative. They aren't usually good for kids, and it's unfortunate that you know certain values have been made political. Well, yeah, I I was just thinking that the whole time. You know, it's a shame that something like education, how you Mm -hmm. educate your child, or where you send them to school, is politicized. What kind of books you have your kid read, or whatever, is politicized. Whether or not you hang the American flag Mm -hmm. is nowadays politicized yeah. and it's like we can't just love our country i mean right. there aren't liberals who just love america right. there aren't yeah. republicans who just love it i mean does everything have to be political right <laughs> yeah so i'll just finish with saying i'm i'm glad that the daily wire is putting this stuff out there you know and it's good wholesome content for children promoting good values that you know like i said aren't specifically political and in, in nature and hopefully, listeners, you guys will go check it out and support them. Like I said, we're not 
being sponsored in any way. I just think this is good for people to have out there available to them and spreading the word so other like-minded people can find good good shows for their kids. Yep. And that brings us to our next topic, which I believe you, you have. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. But actually, I, I just want to lead into it by sure. saying, you know, I, I mean, I was starting to build up to it there because it's like I was saying, you know, I get why you would bring this up mm-hmm. and I love it. I mean, I think it's so cool. And I think you'll remember that that's part of why we started this, you know, yeah. was because we're very interested in news and the the goings on and how it affects culture and how it all kind of like cycles through. And you hear certain things coming out of people's mouths, that right? you know, they heard from CNN or Fox or whatever. Cause if you watch enough of it, you recognize who said these things. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that was Laura Ingram. That was, you know, what's her name? The crazy lady at CNN. What's that? Mad, mad cow. <laughs> uh, oh, she's on MSNBC, but yeah. I know well, okay. But you see Same what I'm thing. saying? You, if you just, if you're watching yeah. it all, you can pick up on the personalities. Mm-hmm. You, and then you hear somebody at work say something and you go, wait a minute. I know who I heard say that right. before. <laughs> um, and you know, just to remind everybody, you and I would often have these conversations before we ever started recording them. Right. Yeah. And we would see things happen in the news. We'd say things to each other and we'd say, you know, I think X is going to happen or, you know, it's building up and, and Y is going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? And at one point we said, well, we'd often see things come true. Some of our predictions, yeah. you know? And at one point, one of us said, we ought to start recording this. Yeah, or sometimes we say something amongst each other, and then you know the talking heads that are on the TV show would say the same thing it's we were talking like, about. It's almost like, yes, it's like somebody had bugged our apartment uh, yeah. or something like that. Right. And, and so anyway, you know, we kind of did that, and I like to write, and this was supposed to be a much bigger project, and, you know, it still kind of is in the works in a sense, or is still kind of a growing organism, still developing, but I love the idea of being able to turn out alternative content, Mm -hmm. and that's what we are in a way, too. You know, we're putting content out for people to consume, Mm -hmm. uh, holding conservative conversations, and putting forth conservative principles and that kinds of things. Right. Well, to transition... The transition here is that, you know, we usually make our predictions at the beginning of the year, uh-huh. but also as the news comes out, we'll predict things going along or we'll often say, you know, well, that ties back to our predictions and right, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Well, <clears throat> the thing that I found very interesting is when I got home from work last night, I get home late and I think I read the headline at like one o'clock in the morning, but I saw that we have now bombed Syria. So this is not the Gaza Strip, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a different country. I, I mean, I feel like it's not crazy. People uh-huh. have been talking about Syria, but you haven't seen Syria really in the same kind of headlines as we've been seeing other right. places. Yeah. And now you just see we just bombed them in the middle of the night or very late yesterday or something. I'm not exactly sure on the timing, but... I just think that's crazy because we've been calling this, you know, that things are heating up mm-hmm. and that we're going to see a lot more activity, you know, as yeah. I recall, that was one of your predictions. Now, yeah. maybe it was from the Chinese, but I seem to recall you were talking about on a global scale that things yeah. are just going to be heating up. 
And here it's October and they sure are. Oh, yeah. They sure are. I mean, it's something like, I don't know if it's four, but we have like four or some some number of like hotbed places going on right now. Yeah. And yeah, then... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, it seems like ever since October 7th, the world just lit on fire. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. We've been covering it, but now, you know, one of the things that I think we talked about the last time we covered the news, maybe, Mm -hmm. was I was saying, I hope we don't get dragged in too far or something like that. Right, yeah. And yet here with one decision, we are in it now, aren't we? Oh my gosh. We... I mean, uh, we were being affected like in a sense, and we've been throwing our money around, but that's what we always do. Mm. But now we're bombing. Right. Which, you know, doesn't really surprise me too much. I feel like, you know, it was not long after the Afghanistan withdrawal, Biden sent out a drone strike. It was one where he killed some kind of aid worker, some innocent person, one of the people we were looking for. And his family, or something like that. So it, it's not too surprising that you know we're we are carrying out these types of types of attacks in other places. But it is surprising to hear about it happening right now, while we got other huge concerns going on in that region, and you know, bombing or joining people in Syria. I'm sure. That was probably some kind of like uh, terrorist leader. Uh, certainly doesn't help the situation. It adds kindling to the fire. When well, think of how it looks. Yeah. I mean, we're just stomping around all around the Middle East again. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's sort of how I feel. I'm sorry, you know, but <clears throat> it just is scary to me. Yeah, it doesn't bode well because. It you know because people people keep calling on Israel to cease fire so you know they don't kill the civilians in Palestine or Gaza because if that happens supposedly you got the what they call it in Hezbollah that group ready to pounce on Israel from the north and then if they get in. We're most likely going to have to get in even more to help Israel because at some point they'd be overwhelmed, have to fight Hamas in the south and then Hezbollah in the north. And there's not enough butter for this slice exactly. of bread. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it's going to come down to. Yeah. And what scares me about the whole thing is you start bombing these places and mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's all whatever. Another thing in the headline is we had uh, another crazy person here in the United States go on a rampage or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm sure I've expressed my theory on that before, too. They always put these things on the news. They always parade these things around, in a sense. They, his mugshot's everywhere. You hear the stories in the headlines. I just think it's crazy to be for that for an issue like that to be blown up too on a national scale, with all this stuff kind of going on, mm-hmm. because it comes to a point where you start you're you're bombing places and then you have all these crazy actors at home. Right. You have your own messes. 
some bad actor on the on the national the international scale mm-hmm. is going to think, well, what if we just bomb them? Yeah, those they're so distracted, they're not even going to know what hit them. And that just terrifies me to my core because I get that whole piece by strength thing mm-hmm. that we've been going for forever. But look at who's at the helm. Right. I mean, it. It seems to me that well, no, obviously not the only reason, but one good reason why, you know, these people seem like now is a good time to strike is because that they perceive weakness in our administration and our ability to respond to the situations. Exactly, yeah. and I think I think it's just ooky spooky. I've been saying it for a mm-hmm. while, and it scares me to see things heating up this way. Right. Because it only seems to usually go one way. It's going to take some a much bigger person than any of these leaders mm-hmm. that we have now to bring any kind of peace. Right. If the world goes topsy-turvy right now, it's going to take a long time to set it right again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, I think last episode we briefly talked about how there's been a huge increase of people coming across the border that are on the terrorist watch list. Well, exactly. And I think that just sort of plays right into it. Well, they've just had hearings on that just very recently. I got mm-hmm. to see some of the congressional testimony, particularly of Kennedy from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was grilling these, you know, quote-unquote experts mm-hmm. who were testifying on this issue on the border. And he was asking him how many people came in. According to your numbers, none of them could answer. They don't know how many. Right. And even the figure that's written down ain't true. That's probably why they can't answer, because they really don't know anything. They don't know what was written down. They don't know what wasn't. Right. They don't know anything at all. And you think every day these people are just pouring in while the world's on fire. Somebody's going to bring a match with them. Well, yeah, why wouldn't they? I mean, I I don't have the source prepared, but I feel like I heard recently that there have been, like, instructions books found uh, on some of these terrorists telling them to come up through the border mm-hmm. or something like that. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe I, I misheard, but it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if, if it is true. And, you know, it's it seems like... It's, they definitely take advantage of the situation while they can. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I don't know where you really want to jump in because oh, well, according like to my notes, you're. I just feel like all the rest of the conversation could just flow together. Yeah, I, I was getting ready to say, and that okay. kind of leads me to, um, you know, the idea of just feeling, you know, unsafe currently in in the country. I was listening to the Fox News rundown as I usually do. And they had on a young woman who was over at the music festival in Israel when Hamas conducted their attacks. And you know, she comes home, and part of the, the interview is about her coming home. She lives in New York, uh-huh. where there's a lot of Jew, Jewish people that live there. Right. And you know, she was talking about how she comes home from, the, from Israel just to feel unsafe still because 
there's videos of all these, you know, like we mentioned last time, they call them pro-Palestinian rallies, but none of these people seem to be actually condemning what Hamas has done. So as far as I'm concerned, they're pro-Hamas rallies. And it's, it's scary to see that because these people are showing up in the thousands of people to these rallies. And then there's been instances of, like on college campuses, people posted pictures of some of the hostages and people who are missing from these attacks in Israel, and they're just ripping the pictures down and claiming that it's not true. It's, it's, it's made up. So it's almost like we're seeing, you know, modern-day Holocaust denial. And I can certainly imagine for the Jewish people that that's terrifying, and at least, well, at the very least, very scary to be seeing. Because another thing this young woman talks about is this thing in Judaism called the mezuzah, and I'm familiar with it because in our apartment here. The previous tenant was Jewish, and she had left one of these mezuzahs on our door frame. And I have a friend who's Jewish who had come over one day and saw that the mezuzah was laying on the floor in the little like foyer area of the, you know, of our two units of our duplex where we live. And he wanted to know if he can take it and give it a good home. And he kind of explained to me what it was. It's this little scroll. It's usually inside a, a case of some kind. And people stick it on their door frames. Usually have their outside door and their bedrooms. And it's supposed to be a symbol to, to help protect their home, you know, from from evil or whatnot. And this woman in the interview was talking about how you know, she knows plenty of Jews who are taking <clears throat> taking the mezuzahs off of their doorways so they feel protected because they don't want to have an obvious, you know, target on their door, if you will. And you know, that's that's unfortunate that somebody has to basically hide their their faith just so they feel safe and protected. And you know, like I said, that's, you know, that story kind of plays into this you know, idea of feeling uneasy and unsafe in the world right now because of everything that's going on. And I just thought that was a pretty interesting story, especially since she mentioned the mezuzah and I knew what that was because there used to be one on our doorway. But it uh, now has a good home where it can actually be appreciated. Well, it is a good story. And mm. one of the beautiful things about this country is, you know, we were founded on religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And people of all walks of faith right. should be able to identify with that story. Mm-hmm. And especially over there, you know, it's not just a hotbed of activity, but it's a hotbed of religion, too. Oh, yeah. And people of the different faiths ought to be able to, good people. Mm hmm of the different faiths ought to be able to, you know, get along and, and acknowledge certain truths right. about life. And one of these is you ought to be able to just call out the bad actors. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And that should just be done. 
Yeah. And it is shameful that we have these people running around like openly supporting terrorism. Mm-hmm. That's shameful. Right. Yeah, it is. And I don't know why exactly they're doing it, especially here. One of the things that I think is, you know, they've sort of formed these political coalitions. Yeah. Where like the gays support the Muslims and the Muslims support the yeah, gays. Yeah, which is the... kind of silly because, you know. But you see what I'm saying, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like political action committees or right. whatever that they've created. and. Right. They're only for political purposes. Right. It's, you know, the reason why you see these queers for Palestine signs is because of the idea of these, like, the victim class. You know, they see the Palestinians in Gaza as victims just as they see, you know, gay people and, you know, even black people, minorities here in America the same way. They're a victimized class fighting against the power structure, and in this case, the power structure would be you know, the Jewish people in Israel and the Jewish well, state Well, in a way, Israel. that's why I wondered about why they do it here, but in a way, it's like what's happening here, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Because they don't want us to support Israel. They right. don't want us to whatever, these different things. Right. And certainly not to to, to be or to take away from... Know, what's kind of at the heart of these attacks on Israel, but it's in a way it isn't just anti-Semitic; it's anti-Western in general. Because yes, they they don't like Western society and they don't like the you know structures we've created in the Western world. They want to see them demolished and gotten rid of. And you now, one of the things they they chant at these rallies is from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And if you know you're even a little bit of geography in the area, from the river, which is the Jordan River, to the sea, the Mediterranean, is Israel. That whole, that's Israel that they're talking about. From the river to the sea, Palestine should be free means getting rid of Israel as a state and presumably the, the Jewish people there. And, you know, to do that, if they were actually get rid of the state of Israel, I, in my opinion, I see it as not only an anti-Semitic move, it's, <clears throat> it's anti-Western and even anti-Christian and even somewhat anti-Muslim, the non-radical branches of it. Well, right. Because all three of those faiths come from the same they're all Abrahamic yeah, yeah, traditions. Yeah, exactly. And our motherland is the same area, essentially. And if you were to get rid of the state of Israel, which is the only thriving democracy in the area, you're not going to get a replacement with a thriving democracy of Palestine. That's not what you're going to end up with. Right, so you'd be cutting off some of the religions to the holy sites. Is right, that what you're exactly. Saying? Yeah. yeah, that's sort of what I'm getting at. Right. Because right now, as it is, the Temple Mount, right. or as the, the Muslims refer to it as the Alaska Mosque, something like that, Jewish people can't go to the Temple Mount and pray openly because the Muslim walks run it run the place yeah 
So just imagine if uh, the people of even Palestine or Gaza, even if they're a little bit more moderate, well, I don't. I guess I don't really want to say that. But if it was the people that's there now who control the area, you're not going to have a thriving democracy where, you know, Jews, Christians, and Muslims can live together because that's what you have in Israel now. Twenty percent of their population is Arab. So, yeah. you know, like I said, I'm not certainly not trying to to deduct the issue of how uh, anti-Semitic this is, but. I think it's also more than just that. It's anti, like I said, anti-Western. It's anti-Christian because an anti-Muslim because they're all connected in that same area. And to get rid of the land would to be to get rid of, you know, the freedom of people to practice their religion there. Right. And I guess I don't really have a good way to pull all of what we were talking about together, but you know, it's. Well, I mean, it flows nicely into my next thing. Okay. Because I was just, the last thing I was going to talk about is, you know, if you remember the last recording session that we did, Mm -hmm. the last episode we put out, we still didn't have a speaker of the house. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And now we do. We do. So that's an update. We do have Mike Johnson now as speaker of the house. From Louisiana. Yeah. And he seems... I mean, I don't really know him. Can you say you really knew him? I would say no, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he has appeared on a Fox News rundown that I've listened to. Uh huh. Because his name sounds vaguely familiar, but of course, Mike Johnson. Yeah, it also sounds very generic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a very generic name, so I mean, I could have heard it anywhere. But no, I'm definitely not familiar with the guy. Yeah, I'm um, not either. I tried to get to know him a little bit. I listened mm-hmm. to a couple of interviews. Some were pretty lengthy. Yeah. One was like 45 minutes long. But Well, the only thing I've heard so far was his big speech he gave after getting the nomination or getting the speakership, which yeah. was pretty good. I liked it. He sounded very articulate, comes off pretty conservative in my opinion. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say, and he seems very faithful. Yeah, yeah. I don't quite get the same kind of cold, calculated speech that no. I used to feel from McCarthy. So I think he seems good. I'm not sure how much of a actual difference it's really going to make. Right. We'll find out, really. I don't think it's going to make much of one, and that's what I was going to say, is already he did say the first thing that they're going to bring to the floor is a vote to provide more aid to Israel, mm-hmm. which, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay, they need support. Mm-hmm. I think America should give it to him. Okay. Right. But the problem is, like I've been saying, we've predicted things all along. I think there's certain things that are easy to say mm-hmm. and just call out. And one of the things I've said before is there seems to be some kind of a scheme going on to bankrupt America. And I think it's just sad that, you know, it's like first act now, now that we finally have a speaker again, mm-hmm. first act is let's give away some money. Right. You know, come on down. The price is right. Who's going to get the first check now that we've opened Congress back up? And I mean, in a way, I get that because the House, they're appropriators. They decide how the money is going to be spent. But also, in a sense, I just think it's kind of sad because 
you know, one of the good things is he did say strongly that they decoupled it with right. the funding from Ukraine. Yeah, They're that's going to go together. That was going to be my like devil's advocate argument, right? If I were going to make one, of that well, I, get I that. think I think they wanted to get that out there to fight against Joe Biden, wanted to push through this hundred whatever billion dollars of multi aid to different countries, right? Which is silly. When I get that. Yeah. But my point was going to be, though, that it just shows right. quite obviously, in my opinion, that funding for Ukraine is going to be next up on the auctioning block. You know, mm-hmm. come on down. What's the price going to be? Can I hear a 10000 20000 Yeah, you know, we'll see. Because <clears throat> it seems like there's definitely plenty of Republicans who are not interested in more Ukraine funding. So, you know... I I'm not saying it's not going to pass, but I think there's definitely going to be going to be some feet dragging on that that part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't even have alternatively like what I would have rather seen be mm-hmm. the first act, you know, like right. just to even play it out in theory. Right. I but get you. It, but just, it wouldn't have been that. It's just yeah, it's just kind of a smack in the face that they get they get through this, and the first order of business is spin, 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 spin. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, it, I get where you come just, from, definitely. It just kind of hurts my heart a sure. little bit. <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad well, that plus, they resolved it, though. It's, yes, I'm glad it's resolved. So but one of the other things, too, is to say what we've been saying. You know, certain parties will mm-hmm. even see the funding of Israel as, you know, some sort of egging on of the fight yeah if you will so right it, mm-hmm. there's that part to it too is it's it's just like we're just going to keep funding and keep digging our heels in further on right. these problems that right. i wish we didn't have <laughs> yeah but it will be a challenge for speaker johnson yeah, I wish him well. Yeah. I hope God stands with him up right? there while yep. he's holding that gavel. Exactly. And is that all you got? That is all that I got. All right. That's all I got, too. And listeners, we hope you enjoyed this great conservative conversation. If you did, we would love to hear from you. You can send us an email with your feedback, your comments, suggestions. Even if you got some hate mail, we'll take it. Oh, yeah, we love hate mail. And if you would like to email me directly, you can email me at contemptconserve2 at gmail.com. That's spelled C-O-N-T-E-M-P-C-O-N-S-E-R-V, the number two, at gmail.com. Similarly, I am contemptconserve at gmail.com. No number at all. Yep, just contemptconserve at gmail.com for Frank, contemptconserve2 at gmail.com for Reed, and we hope you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you go subscribe on YouTube. And as always, we thank you for listening.